You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Burn your ships, an unapologetic manual for leaving empty religion for a life marked by revival is the new book from Pastor Kelly Lorkey. Really uses that analogy of never looking back. What does it look like to do that in our discipleship and in our obedience? That's what we want to talk about today. Pastor Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bridget. Eric, God bless you guys. Thank you. So so the book is called, again, Burn Your Ships. Why did you write a book about ship burning? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is from the story of Cortez coming to the Americas on his exploration. And when his boats hit the land, they were tired, they were hungry. His men hit the, the land to try to get supplies. And he turned around and he made an all-in commitment that they're not going to retreat, and he burned his ships. And from that moment on, those men were committed to the cause. And our Christianity today is needing men and women to be all in for the cause of Christ. Yeah, so often when we start, we've got that fire, right? And Or we've got this calling, or maybe we're starting a ministry and there's that fire. But over time, sometimes that wanes. How do we not lose that passion? That's a that's a great question, and I know exactly what you're speaking about. You know, it's it's like the new car. You're excited after a while. You don't take care of it. You know, I, I think the misconception is we've kind of preached the gospel, what God can do for us instead of through us for a long time. And I've come to realize once you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, he saved you for a purpose and a plan. And we have kind of robbed the American church of understanding how God can really do great things through them beyond just those standing on a platform, that everybody has a purpose, everyone has a calling to reach somebody. And when you come to grips with that, you will find actually the excitement of Christianity. You'll see God use you to be a blessing to other people's lives and truly fulfill the Great Commission. You talk about, I've been looking at this phrase throughout the morning, radical obedience. Um, you want us to embrace radical obedience. When I ask my kids to put the laundry away, this is the example I've used. I don't really care if they smile when they're doing it or if they are begrudgingly doing it. I just want the laundry done. Uh, what about us when it comes to radical obedience in our Christian walk? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, four granddaughters, and I had a son growing up. I know exactly what you're talking about when it came to taking the trash out. (laughs) Yes, just get it done. (laughs) Well, yeah, just get it done. Well, obedience is being obviously obedient, but submission has to do things with a good heart. Obviously, uh, uh, they do with a good heart. You've got to have the heart of God. And when we start reading our Bible, like a lot of us are going to start reading programs this beginning of the year and go through the Bible. And man, I commend that. But when we read it in a way that God is speaking to me and we change our perspective, I get to be a part of God's plan on earth at this very hour uh, and, and find the excitement of it. When you read the book of Acts, we're really just an extension of the book of Acts. Those miracles of touching people's lives should be on the church today. My challenge mainly to ministries and and pastors, is that they would start being less afraid to challenge their people 
to go out on Monday when they leave church and these people at their job fear their faith, offer prayer for somebody, and watch God do something. You know, Barna said at one time, I don't know if the statistics up to date, but 95% of Christians in America have never led anyone to Christ. Mm-hmm. And is that why you are so passionate about this topic of discipleship and obedience uh, for the fact that we can really take this on as a life mission and, and have this message spread that we don't just keep it to ourselves? Well, yes, exactly. One is I didn't grow up in church. I got saved uh, and I had an incredible encounter with God when I gave my life to Jesus. He radically changed me. And I I think we have to get back to that part of what do we believe as Christians? And, you know, I know it's a morning show and you're playing real encouraging music as DJs and and uplifting people. But around us, we're having a world that's falling apart. I mean, has our theology matched our lifestyles? Do we still believe about hell and heaven? Do we still believe that Jesus is coming back? And do we believe he is the only way to the Father? And how much has that theology changed our lifestyle? I hope that there's listeners right now, just in that one statement, that maybe they're on their way to work, and they, they're with somebody eight, ten hours a day, and God put them there in that situation. God put them there at that high school. And maybe if you take the perspective the only Jesus the world's going to see is the one that lives inside of you and me. If Christians can grasp that, they can really make a difference and just offer the gospel to somebody. And there's nothing more rewarding than fulfilling the Great Commission. Jesus only really sums down two things for us to do. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and your neighbors yourself, and go into all the world and share the gospel. Everything falls on those two things. So you wrote the book, Burn Your Ships. We're again talking to Pastor Kelly Lorkey. There had to be a season when you did that then. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that season and um, the kind of trepidation you had while doing that? Well, I, I, I will say this. I, probably because having an encounter with God, getting saved, uh, it's probably easier for someone that came to God that didn't grow up in church. It's more of a challenge for people that grew up in church, and uh, um, they they have to look at their life a little different, th- that they're just as lost as anybody else, and they still need a Savior. I would, I would probably say this, Eric, ever since I became a Christian, just by God's grace, prayer, and knowing what the Bible says, I've always felt that passion to share my faith. Beyond this, I've been pastoring 30 years in Kansas City. I've had the great honor to preach all over the world. But I I understand something. My primary call is to be a disciple. Before I'm a pastor, before I'm a conference speaker, before I write books or anything else, I am called to share the gospel wherever I go. And we got to get back to Christianity. It is not a private religion. It's personal. But Jesus really tells us to confess him before men, or else I will not confess you for my Heavenly Father. There's a lot of strong scriptures that Jesus challenges us to that I think the church has uh, veered away from. And we all know society right now is not in the great, especially in America, is not in the greatest place. We, we're seeing a lot of uh, young people 
confused about their identity. We see a lot of young people and stealing, robbing, drug overdoses, real high, suicide is high. Do we truly believe that Jesus is the answer? Is he the cure for society? And I truly believe the Bible has an answer for everything, and we are the true light of the world. You talk about misconceptions that we have about discipleship. What are they? Well, I think one is in Christianity today, we, we have we've put it in little compartments that my faith is only on Sunday, or my faith is only in a Bible study, or maybe at home, but our faith is our whole life. Like I said, if you're at high school today, God put you there. We can't choose when we're born. We didn't even choose getting saved. Yes, we came in agreement. We accepted Christ as our Savior, but the Bible says He chose us, and He didn't choose us just to change us to stop bad habits. He changes because He wants us to be a part of His plan. Our faith needs to be a part of every aspect of our life. The other thing is, we got to get over the fact that God doesn't have to do what we want. We serve Him. He does not serve us. I'm grateful I have to serve a good God. He is so kind. He provides for us. He's there for us. But we don't make the rules. When Peter in John chapter 21, uh, Jesus is calling him to discipleship. Do you love me, Peter? If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, tend my sheep. Jesus puts a condition. If you love me, you're going to be impactful in somebody else's life. And the funny thing about it is he points to John and says, well, what about him? When Jesus says, Peter, you're going to die for me. And he goes, what's that to do with you? You know, we've kind of forgotten that Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself, then pick up your cross and follow me daily. So we don't make the rules. Some of the most challenging things in my life happened after I became a Christian. But we have an eternal perspective as a disciple that Christians, this is not our final destination. We'll be part of God's kingdom. And then the other thought is we've we've turned Christianity kind of like the you, you guys down there, the Miami Dolphins. We're all in the stands watching them fulfill their dreams. And we go to church watching our pastors and people on a platform, and we think, they're the ones that are called. No, we are all called for a purpose and a plan. We all have a function to make a difference in this world. And uh, uh, it does not need to be fair. Christianity doesn't need to be fair. As a matter of fact, our growth comes when we're serving him in the most challenging times. The world's watching us right now. And yes, the church has let people down. Ministries have let people down. But Jesus has never let no one down. Somebody has to amplify and live this message. If we really understand the only world that Jesus is going to see is the one that lives inside of you and me, that will really change our perspective on discipleship. One of the... um... One of the things that we have access to is our Heavenly Father each and every moment of our life because of prayer. But those prayers are sometimes, a lot of times, just really kind of common. How do we have a more consistent, uncommon prayer life? I Man, I'm so glad you brought that up, Eric, because I, I really do believe that is a big key. And, and man, again, we 
we have to come to a point if who is serving who. When Jesus was praying at the Garden of Gethsemane, yes, his human nature for a moment was, God, I don't want to do this. Is there another way we can save humanity? Can this cup pass? But then he ends it with, Lord, no matter how painful this is going to be, not my will, but your will be done. I would love to challenge anyone hearing, driving to work, make a prayer today and say, God, what do you want me to do? If you bring someone to me, I'll be obedient. I'll share my faith. I'll pray for them. I'll love them. I'll make a difference. I'll do a kind act for them in the name of Jesus. And we do have to change our prayers because we have kind of made God kind of like our genie sometimes in America. We ask him, do this for me. Give me this. Give me her. Give me that job. And then, you know, you got to wonder, what does God think? Yes, he's loving. He's a gracious God. But then when it comes time for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and do something, we kind of turn the radio off. We don't listen. Mm-hmm. Well, we even saw a uh, quote or a statistic about how many people this new year want to grow. I think the the terminology was in their religious experience or something of that sort. But I know your your heart behind this book is is just radical obedience, radical change, radical discipleship. But if you had to sum up what you hope your readers take away from this book, Burn Your Ships, what would that message be? Well. Uh, that's a great question. And I would say this for the, for the church, I'm really trying to challenge the church to get beyond just going to church on Sunday at our church in Kansas city, the cure church in all of our locations, we have a saying, don't tell people about our church, tell them about Jesus and they'll want to come. We've spent a lot of time just inviting people to churches and we're bragging about our churches, and you should be proud of your church. We need to go to church and grow in faith, but that's really supposed to be a place where we're hearing the gospel and the plan of God for our life, and then we leave and go fulfill it. And so at the sum of this, if I want to challenge people to lead people to Christ. As a pastor, we're called to equip people to go out and fulfill their purpose, not just to maintain people, the world is lost, and they need a Savior right now, especially this time in history. Mm-hmm. Tell them about Jesus. Pastor uh, Kelly Lorkey has written this book for us, Burn Your Ships. You can find out about it when you head to our website, ericandbridget.org. Pastor, thank you so much for yes. your time and really your encouragement this morning. We do appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. You guys have a blessed New Year.